Ring, ring, it's time for another episode of Crossplay Conversations, the show where we dive deep into the world of video games while keeping it light. I'm your host, Luke Lewis, and this week I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, the business boy, the Wii U Wonder Kid, it's Jacob McCourt. Hi guys, fireworks! Baby, I'm a firework! I don't know the rest. Audio listeners, I'm going to have to insist you pull up the video version just to see that moment. <laughs> We're also joined by the sneaker savant, Joseph Hooper. Hello, hello. Um, I haven't shown a sneaker in a while. The classic panda dunk. So many shenanigans. Everybody in the United States is wearing this shoe right now. You go outside and you will for sure see this shoe. I guarantee it. Panda mm-hmm. dunk, everybody. Yeah, I've wanted panda dunks for a it's while. pretty classy shoe. And rounding out our quartet, super special guest, the Indian former Jill Grove. Hi, everyone. I'm I'm super special. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being and here. And I don't know how Joseph We're knew, all... but I'm wearing those shoes right now. No, no way. No way. Love... That would blow my mind. <laughs> Thumbs Believe up to it. that. I'm, you don't have to see it. No one has to look. It's just, we don't, it's we don't need to confirm. I trust yeah. you. I trust we trust in Indian former here on this podcast, but we're big fans <laughs> of the Indian former in your work. So we're super stoked to have you to talk about indie games. There was only one person we could call for this topic tonight. Jacob McCourt, uh, good of the order question. Uh, yes. Uh, I am not familiar with the Indian former. What is it? Um, oh, how, how do you break down your life's work into a couple sentences? Um, the Indian former is a space that celebrates indie games. It is uh, 100% of the time doing previews, reviews, uh, news, anything kind of indie game related. Um, I do also a podcast. I don't know if it's bad form to highlight my Promote own podcast. Promote away. We love podcast. Indie Council. <laughs> yeah, yeah, plug, plug, uh, plug your podcast. Yeah, just went up uh, <laughs> five minutes before recording because I'm rushing to get everything done. Uh, the last latest indie council podcast just went up and that's the first one i've been on this year so everybody go check that out you can also check out my website at the see all of that coverage and a lot of it i'm like a lot of the games that we're talking about today are going to be on on the site as well so check that out wait awesome i have a follow-up question i know we have a, a show to record please do but i want to know no no this is all good would it take long to explain the origin story of how you got into the indie game scene and being oh, like, okay. yeah. There is a story and I have I have broken it down. Um, I began my game journalist career at Game Informer. Uh, no relation to, there's no reason that those two sound very similar. Nope. Don't worry about that. <laughs> They're different words. Legal teams. Um, and I, I loved it. I loved the team. I loved being there. And then in... 2022 i uh the team got hit with layoffs and we lost like half of our team and it was uh, a situation in which i loved where i was and i didn't want to associate that kind of resentment and anger with what i was doing in the place that i loved so i left which you know silver lining happy ending sort of situation allowed for uh west leblanc the news hound to come back after having been laid off so every time i see him i'm just so excited to like yay i'm so glad that he's there and also 
another person who was affected by those layoffs works with me at the Indian former. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. Nice. And that's amazing. One more follow up. One more follow up. Yep. 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 When you were at Game Informer, was your focus indie games or yes. did you shit? Oh, okay. So you were, the, you were always in the, the scene. The, the uh, reasoning behind the name, it's not just because it sounds similar. It, it, it was actually my title mm. uh, kind of nickname when I was there given by uh, the Alexes uh, because that if I could talk about an indie game, I, I would. And it, it was sort of a problem <laughs> to okay, tell the okay. truth. Well, it won't be a problem here. Doesn't seem like a problem to me. Yeah, I was yeah, just going to no, say it's that it's been fantastic, and there's obviously a very needed space for someone covering indies specifically because there are so many people. Like, I'm so blessed to have the connections that I do that I made at Game Informer, but also just being uh, in the space and being allowed to say, "Hey, all I need to, all I'm doing is covering indie games. So come at me," a- and people do, which is really cool. Nice. That's awesome. Well, on that note, keeping in the theme of indie for today's episode, um, we're going to be talking about our most anticipated indie releases of the year. But before we get into that, let's do our icebreaker question so the audience can get to know Jill a little bit. We can have some fun. So our question for this week, what indie game best represents your personality and style? Okay. So you could interpret this however you want. Do you have an immediate answer? Yes and no. Um, okay. my immediate answer is that I am such a difficult problem for like PR people reaching out for things because my tastes run from things like, uh, Turnip Boy robs a bank, which just came out and was fantastic. And if you don't know, just by the title, it's a very silly, like roguelike with a turnip who is a hand, uh, hand drawn sort of aesthetic, uh, and he's got a gun. And he's going around shooting things so that he can rob banks. You know, like it's about as silly as you can get. I love it so much. And then I like from there, it's uh, some of my favorite games are like Gree, you know, so you've got like deeply emotionally devastating and story driven sort of games. So like that somewhere in there is the answer to your question. I dig it. There's a variety at play. A little bit. Okay, nice. Jacob, have it for you. I also have a variety at play. Uh, I tend to oscillate in my mind uh, between being a sad boy, uh, like the boy in Bastion, uh, or the the player character in Bastion, who just like, even on the box art, is just sort of sitting there like a a sad boy. Uh, And then I oscillate between that and being like the goose from Untitled Goose Game, because I'm silly and I like to cause trouble. (laughs) <laughs> i love it nice joseph what do you got um i'm feeling i'm feeling very tunic like right now i think that's the oh, perfect okay. encapsulation i feel like i think if i was going to pick one for you i would i pick think that's tunic. a good one one because even though i am on a lot of podcasts and i, I talk a lot uh, in the content i make I'm kind of an introvert. I'm I'm an introvert. So I don't, I don't really love talking and being out there, especially when I'm like in among strangers. So tunic, silent protagonist, perfect for me. Um, And also I just love weird stuff. I love puzzles. I love more than meets the eye. And that's, that's me. And that's tunic. Yeah. 
Y'all, did me and Joseph just become Mama. best friends? I think we did. I think you did. I think, I think we, did. we did. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Luke? Very good game. Um, when I wrote this question, the immediate game that came to mind for me was Unpacking. Great game. Because I am this, like, organized perfectionist in this, like, almost, like, meditative way. Um, and I was thinking about how I played unpacking and how I feel like that represents like if someone were to walk around my apartment or like walk around spaces that I've been in, they would kind of get to know me through that experience. And so I was thinking of unpacking and I also, I feel like I'm an not easily emotional, but I wear my heart on my sleeve. I can, I'm an emotional person and I definitely shed some emotion when playing that game. So that's what I was thinking of. It was the around. frame that you didn't have room for, right? Spoilers for unpacking, I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, let's jump in to our topic of the show with our most anticipated indie games of the year. So we've each assembled five games that we're going to run through and talk about. And we were joking about it before we started recording, but I think if we had not compared lists at all beforehand, we probably would have had some overlap. So we're going to highlight a bunch of different indies, but let's kick things off. Jill, you're the guest of honor tonight. Let's kick it off with your number five. What what did you bring okay, so to discuss? None of these are really... And these are, at least for me, these aren't yes. in order. Okay. You know what I mean? It's kind of just like five games I want to highlight. I think everybody had like, a heart attack This just one's then. cooler just then. than... Like, okay, sorry, I wanted to make it clear as I, I... I should have said that beforehand, but anyway, continue. Uh, sorry. And, and just before jumping into... The whole thing about like not overlapping and the reason I'm glad we haven't done that is because like if you go to the indianformer.com, uh, I do have a, what was it? It ended up being a top 20 most anticipated of 2024 because mm -hmm. I literally just couldn't get it down to 10. <laughs> um, so I was really happy to see everybody's lists on the doc, the secret clandestine doc that no one else knows about but us. Um. <laughs> And be able to like pick out, okay, they've covered this, so I want to make sure. Because like you want to highlight all of these amazing games, and there's so many coming totally. this year. Uh, so the first one I will start out with is one that's coming out next month, and I'm super excited yeah. for, Ultros. Let's go. If you have not seen Ultros, it is essentially a Metroidvania, but like Lisa Frank. Like it is it the is, one in the uterus? Is it the uterus? It's the uterus one. It's the uterus okay. garden. Like, but it's a oh my god! It's so smart. I got a chance to preview it. It it flows really well. The combat is really it's it's a weird combat. It's like Devil May Cry when you're getting like graded on like how cool you are. <laughs> like so you get that grade, and then whatever grade the results is gives you better materials so sort of like um like red dead 2 when you killed things in a better way oh, okay. and you would get like excellent deer meat or whatever it was mm. um so that and then that combination if you eat it adds to oh, it's such like it's a complicated system but it works really well and intuitively and it's so cool and it's not what i was expecting because i was expecting kind of just a straightforward sort of metroidvania and and there is that element of it, but it is also just a lot of really cool, really neat, different mechanics that I was not expecting. And every single moment of that game is stunning. It is wild to see in 
like seeing it in in videos and pictures and things you kind of get an idea but playing it being on the sticks it is fantastic Huh. Yeah, that one's been on my radar too. It looks really cool and the colors are so vibrant and I've been on a big Metroidvania kick recently with Prince of Persia, so I'm I'm ready for another one. Looks great. Check it out. Very cool. Jacob, you're number five yeah. in no particular order, not ranked at Sorry, all. Sorry, I was distracted because I was looking at a video of Ultros. That is a colorful, colorful. Mesmerized. I'm mesmerized. It is. Really. So I'm like, this is like guacamole, but more alien. Yeah. But also insanely twisted shadow planet, yeah. but a, but a metrovania where you don't float. I don't know. I'm excited now, Joe. And it's weird too. I can't. I saw the end of the demo, and I can't explain to you what happened. You know. Oh man. <laughs> Love it. Um, my number awesome. five uh, is a video game called Harold Halibut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this one uh, comes from this comes from Slow Bros. Uh, this one is coming out early 24, uh, and it just looks. Almost like a Wallace and Gromit film because it's it's a stop motion style handmade in clay sort of animation about uh, it's a game about friendship uh, and about life on a uh, big spaceship. Um, to me, it's like it, it strikes me as an adventure game, which like that is a that is a trope or a genre that we're very familiar with. But um, I implore you, um, if you don't know about Harold Halibut. Just watch the the trailer uh, that just dropped for it to announce the timing of release. Um, it looks incredible. And unlike any other game that I've ever seen, it kind of reminds me of Machinarium a little bit, the adventure game from like 10 or 12 years ago. But like, it's like, what if Double Fine made a clay animation game? And it just, it, it excites me so. Yeah, I, think... I saw the, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, I saw the trailer. I think someone maybe posted it on Twitter or something. And I was like blown away. I was like, this is like the, it was so cinematic in the presentation, but it was also extremely weird. And when you actually start to like, listen to what these characters were talking about, it got even weirder. Um, so very promising. I'm very interested to see what the actual gameplay is like, like, what am I as a player going to be doing to push this story along? But yeah, that trailer was uh, something special to say the least. And keep um, me honest here. I believe this one is a game pass game as well. I, I cannot keep I you honest, sir. It is in fact game pass. It's coming. Oh, PlayStation Xbox and game pass. On That's Xbox. a W. That's awesome. The other thing I, I also... like, immediately had in my head, and I'm like, I have to look this up to make sure that this isn't embargoed information. But when this comes out, it won't be. Um, it has a demo in Steam Next Fest, which is running from Ooh. February 5th yeah. to the Let's following go. Monday. So make sure to check oh, it out. Oh, I'd love to play it. That's awesome. I think it's a two-person dev team, too, crazy. which I always love when it's, like, crazy small teams making these, like, insanely polished-looking, beautiful games good vibes yeah. speaking of good vibes joseph hit us with your number five yeah my number five is earth blade so this is coming from the creators of celeste and i mean that's really all you need to know okay people um it's coming from extremely okay games and this is one of those interesting cases where I saw the trailer. The trailer looked interesting. The art style looks interesting. But I don't know if we've gotten the, the hook, line, and sinker yet. 
as far as the marketing material goes. Um, but we're coming from what I would consider a legendary one for one, uh, no misses so far indie game development team. So just going off of that, I mean, hype alone is through the roof. So I think what made Celeste great is the extremely, extremely detailed, uh, or how do I phrase this? The attention to detail to the controls. Uh, so like how Celeste controlled uh, all the puzzles and how they perfectly played off the controls that they gave you and all the little abilities they gave you felt like masterclass game design. So I'm hoping in what seems to be like a more open game, at least based off of the trailer that we've seen, there's a more open map um, that we see even more wacky and tight knit controls and, and abilities and whatnot. So I really don't know what Earthblade is going to be. Uh, we have a very small snippet of a pitch and trailer, but if it actually comes out this year and if it doesn't, that's fine. That's fine. But if it does come out this year, I can't, I can't see why we're not in for a treat. So Earthblade's on my list. The, this was one that I didn't even realize was like happening. I just missed it somehow. And then around fantasy critic time, folks were talking about Earthblade. And I was like, what is Earthblade? And I Googled it and I was like, oh my God, lost my mind because Celeste is one of my favorites. I feel like this debuted at Summer Game Fest, keep me honest, or uh, the the one in Germany at Leipzig. Uh, uh, one of those. It revealed 2022 the Game Awards. Game Awards, okay. yeah. yeah. Oh, Thank you. Okay. But like, nice. that's the only thing we've seen of it. That's why it's yep. so like, oh yeah, that's happening because we haven't heard a lot of it. Yep. That makes sense. Cool. Very exciting though. All right. And next up, my number five is one that I'm so excited for this game. I've played it a couple times now and every time I play it, I just get more excited. It's Mina the Hollower from Yacht Club Games. For those that aren't familiar, it's the follow-up um, from the Shovel Knight development team, and it's more in the style of a Castlevania game aesthetically, but also has some elements of a top-down isometric Zelda. Um, it plays really, really well. The art is beautiful. It's got awesome, spooky Halloween vibes. You play as Mina the Hollower, and you have these awesome abilities where you can use your mouse burrowing to burrow under the ground and then pop back up, and there's platforming and combat challenges related to that. And Yacht Club just does retro-style gameplay so well, and the music is fantastic. It, it's kind of similar to your, your thoughts on Earthblade, um, Joseph, where it's like Shovel Knight devs are doing a new thing. It's awesome. There's plenty of reason to be excited about it, but um, currently slated for 2024. I really hope it comes out this year, but that's one of those that is just like, take as long as you need. I'll be ready when you're ready. So, but I'm hoping to play it this year. I'm just really happy that they're finally, you know, as, as much as I love all the Yacht Club uh, games in the Shovel Knight series, like I'm just so excited mm -hmm. that they're doing something new. Um, totally. And having touched it at PAX, it's, it's dope. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, I, th I think something interesting about that one is like the first time I played it at, I don't know what PAX it was, it was quite some years ago. Uh, I wasn't quite jiving with it because it was kind of hard, like a little too hard for me. And that kind of turned me off. And then when I played it most recently at, I think, PAX East last year, 
uh, I don't know if they tuned the controls to make it a little easier or if, you know, I was just playing on a different screen, but it just felt way better. Um, and that gave me a little more time to enjoy the scenery, the characters and whatnot, uh, and the actual game design. So I think they're actually making pretty good progress in terms of tuning this. I know they added more weapons uh, since like the first time they debuted it and everything. So I'm, I'm pretty excited at the final, what the final product's going to look like. Heck yeah. There's a whip. I didn't mention the whip, but the whip <laughs> very is very important cool. to element. It's, well, the Castlevania tie in of like, it's very, it, that's true. It, it's, it's, it's very good. The digging so um, good. Too. All right. Yeah. It's fun. Heck yeah. All right, Jill, you're number four. Number four, the rise of the golden idol. Um, I think this further solidifies you and Joseph being yeah. best friends. Let's go. <laughs> I, I must, yeah. Uh, it, oh my gosh. It's so funny that this was revealed at the last uh, game awards. And I was the night before at an event with uh, one of the, uh, publisher i believe a member of the publishing team and he was looking at me and like we've got something coming up that you're really gonna like and then this popped up on screen and i'm like how did you not tell me that there was gonna be another <laughs> golden idol game um but i was i was too happy to be uh, mad it like if you haven't played any of the golden idol games it is a like a detective game in the vein of uh Oberdin, essentially but it has a method of making you feel really smart versus like when i tried to play Oberdin, i felt really dumb because i was like i don't get it i'm not seeing like there are things that i couldn't see and i'm trying to like just brute force my way past things uh golden idol has you are looking at basically like a still shot some things move but overall it's like one scene and you're seeing a, a crime laid out and you're finding all of the clues and when you find clues they turn into into like your little well of like words so people's names and weapons and and whatever else you're finding is clues and then at the end you put you kind of plug them in to a pre-made doc so that you can kind of like if you're not 100% sure you can sort of figure it out yourself so you feel like you did it 100% and you're really really intelligent and you're like Sherlock Holmes um but you obviously you've had some help so it's a really really fun it's really really weird the art style is sort of like grotesque <laughs> I don't really I know how to yeah, say it besides <laughs> that but it and it's such a like wild story everything you have several different cases going on and all of them are connected because there's something to do with this golden idol throughout and you like you start out with like how they find it to like somehow you end up in like a nazi regime at the by the end of things yeah you're not expect you don't know where this is going if you think you know where it's going you don't um so the rise of the golden idol is it's set in the 70s it sounds like it should be a prequel but it's like the first one is set in like the 1700s so the fact that we're skipping forward in time the art style has changed slightly to be more painterly which is very interesting and i really don't know what to expect except 
this team has put out like DLC and, and different like story updates and things and they have not missed. So I am ready to go in and see what this adventure is. That's also awesome. launching on Netflix, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So that's cool. I remember I was watching the Game Awards pre show. I saw this announced. And first of all, you know, Game Awards pre show, you're getting your chips sorted, you're getting your, your snacks and stuff ready. And then I hear, I see the golden aisle out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, wait, guys, no way. The people around me are like, what even is this? I'm like, don't worry about it. Get hype, everybody. <laughs> and then over the coming days, all right, I'm glad you mentioned Netflix, Jacob. And I will stop interrupting people after this, I promise. But I like I got so excited conversational and this is all like conspiracy things. This will probably never happen, but I came up with this whole pitch. All right. Somebody get me in front of the Netflix execs because one of my <laughs> favorite excited. aspects besides the puzzles and I love Jill put it very succinctly how they make it approachable without making you feel foolish or whatever. Um, it tells a great story and like each puzzle that you do later on somewhat builds off of the previous puzzles you've done. So you'd be like, Oh, this guy's in the scene and I kind of know what he was trying to get at in the last puzzle. So I can kind of use that to help me solve this puzzle. Um, so now Netflix is involved. Just turn this into a true detective, like, you know, <laughs> anthropology, is anthropology anthropology is not the right word what is anthology it? thank you i don't know why anthropology I'm like, I'll go with anthropology that sounds we right. can do that too that'll be the next season but yeah. like you know live action <laughs> the first game make it all uh old timey let's go into the 70s for the next season netflix you have your whole your whole franchise right here all right we've had enough knives out Let's start moving it over to the case of the Golden Idol franchise. I'm done. I rest my case, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's a good Thank pitch. You. I, I got to play the original game. It's been on my radar for a long time. I love a good murder mystery. I love a good puzzle game. Everything you're saying sounds awesome. It's so good. So, I'm also just excited there's more of them coming. That That's like it, it, very cool for that team, too. I need to play it. I bought it over the holidays in the Steam winter sale. So Oh, nice. It's coming. I'm going to do it. It's like coming. While you're on the okay. podcast, you guys better be looking over to a second screen where you're playing Golden Idol. <laughs> there you go. I'll make sure of it. Okay. Love it. All right, Jacob. Continuing your alliterative H-titled <laughs> games. So we move from with your next Harold one. Halibut to Henry Halfhead from Lululu Entertainment. Um, one note. Uh, Love this. This one's co-published by Pop Agenda, who continues to have, I think one of the best like sets of picks in this industry like 100. whatever they work on bangers yeah. every time uh so this game uh almost is like halfway between katamari damashi and uh donut county where you play a head uh or a, or a man who is half a head who rolls around and can possess other objects so if you played super mario odyssey or you played vemba last year you very much jump into inanimate objects to solve puzzles 150 levels can play it in co-op um, again, one of those games where like you just have to look at it for five seconds. I don't know where it debuted, but it's been at least a year since it debuted. But I saw the first trailer. I think it was like the Wholesome Direct in 22 and went, oh, that's a video game I need to play. Uh, it looks great and I can't wait to play it. Oh, this one was so... It's, it's one of those situations where indies are so great because you never know when you're going to find something amazing. Um, I remember this being at Day of the Devs, uh, maybe 2022, and 
like there were a bunch of things that I was interested in, but a lot of people were crowding around other things. And then I see this little game and I'm like, oh, let me let me go check this out. No one's like here. The dev looks like they're ready. So I walked over and I played this and it's so like charming and silly and really fun. It's like one of those games, sort of like a um, untitled goose game where you have a checklist of things to like cross off. So you're, you're playing is half ahead, but you still have to go to work. So you have to get ready. And so you have to get out of bed, which means you have to turn off your alarm. And how do you turn off your alarm? If you don't have any arms, you possess your alarm clock and shake until the batteries fall out. You know, like it is so much fun. And the developers, this was, this started out as like, um, a school project, I think. Crazy. Oh, cool. So uh, the fact they're like, shocked that people are paying attention to this is adds to like how fun it is to like see it do well because i think it's their second game and their first game was almost like sorry to be reductive but like nidhogg with boomerangs it was called bamaram bamarang was the name of the game Uh, i didn't play it but again it looks like a multiplayer little boomerang fighting game that looks dope so um yeah i'm stoked for this one too many good indie games. Awesome. Get it on your list. Jill, help. I, do you know what my whole life is? Like, I just have people popping up being like, <laughs> you need to play this game. I'm like, yes, I do. I feel like your calling in life is to make everyone's indie backlogs more substantial, but in a good way. Like, <laughs> you're doing the work out there. Um, yeah, this game looks awesome. It looks really weird, and I, I love when an indie game just goes for mm-hmm. it. So I'm excited for that one. All right, Joseph, tell us about your number four. Yeah, my number four is Mariachi Legends. Uh, Once again, don't know a lot about this game. All I know is it's oozing with style, all right? Everybody go check out the trailer. Uh, It's very stylized in that uh, Mexican flavor, uh, Mexican folklore might be the best way to describe it, flavor, where you are this detective Pablo Cruz and I guess Lady Death. I, I don't know if Lady Death is a Mexican like mythological character, but Lady Death selects you and she's like, hey, you're going to go and know, fight some fight some crime or something. So she turns you into like this mariachi superhero. And uh, in the trailer, he's doing some flashy combos. He's like going crazy with this sword. Captain Levi, if you uh, if there's any attack on Titan nice. fans out there. Um so I'm excited. This game could be bad. I don't know. I've like not seen a look of gameplay, but just on the art style and the inspirations that they're taking from their character designs and their environmental designs, I'm excited. I feel like that in itself is an achievement. So um, it's definitely going to be at least worth a checkout. And I'm excited to hopefully get some gameplay. Who knows? Steam Next, Steam Next Fest probably has happened when this episode drops so hopefully they put a demo out then maybe i hope it will be just starting today wow perfect timing perfect timing so go out Mm -hmm. go play mariachi legends assuming it's out if it's not try the next try the next next fest guys it's not out next 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 fest no let's (laughs) we're we're not gonna riot all right we're not gonna riot if it's not out play every other game we mentioned yeah that's it's a lot of homework but that's what we're gonna have to do if it's not out this one looks cool it got put on my radar very recently but aesthetically it's very eye-catching yes excited to check it out 
Luke, Thanks. I hear you're the king of the cozy games. I would say my fiance Claire is the queen of the cozy game, That's true. but it it we 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 we, we enjoy a good cozy game. Okay. In this household. Okay. Which segues well into my next pick, Tiny Bookshop. This is a delightful game. I first saw, I believe it was last year's Summer Wholesome Direct. Um it's as simple as it sounds, you run a tiny traveling bookshop and you get to decorate said bookshop and help customers find the perfect book. It has this wonderful hand-drawn art style that just makes me feel like I'm having a cup of tea or a warm cup of coffee on a rainy day in a coffee shop. You're going to these like coastal towns and setting up and you can unlock things to then customize your book bookshop. It just looks really nice. And so sometimes, you know, on tough days, all you want is just a nice, nice vibe, good time. And that's what this game appears to be. So I'm excited to check this out. Yeah. The only thing that I'm worried about for this game is like, I'm going to play this and be like, I can have a tiny bookstore. I could go across the country just giving books out. Uh but yeah, it looks fantastic. Maybe you could do that for indie games. Yes. Do like a road trip where like you instead of just to... like telling people about them, I literally show up at your house and like throw a game at you and run. You're like, I, yeah. <laughs> You're just gonna have little USB drives on necklaces and then give people. They're almost like <laughs> uh, what are those? Um, not friendship bracelets, but like mood rings. But okay. instead, you have mood USBs with DRM premiums mm. on those USBs that you hand people. And I can tell if you're gonna like it. So it changes colors. Yeah. Ooh, Dang. yes. Whoa. Dang. Love it. Um, circling back to you, Jill, with your number three, and I'm not familiar with this game. So oh my I'm god, let's go. Pick it up while you're talking you about absolutely it. I think need you to be familiar with this game. Okay. Uh, my number three is Neva. Um, and oh. the. <laughs> This is from the Greece. Sorry, people, I just right? saw an image and I was like, okay, you wait, do I know do know this, this game. Sorry, yeah. continue. Um, this this is from, again, we're continuing with the sort of legacy games um, that we don't know much about at this point. But Neva is from Namada Studio, who created uh, games that I've already mentioned, like Gree. Uh, so they have a very good reputation for emotionally devastating absolutely gorgeous games and this one doesn't seem to be any different it's a reveal trailer made me cry in under two minutes like if you don't know the name offhand like luke maybe this will uh bring you back to a time when you're watching uh, a lovely showcase and everything's going well and you're excited about the games and then here appears a wolf hand-drawn painterly uh as soon as I saw that wolf, I was like, I remember this yeah. game. I could, mm -hmm. this, this game made me yeah, cry. Remember that made me baby cry too. wolf. And the mama wolf tries to fight off an enemy from killing its human and dies in the process and the baby's crying and everyone's crying and it was just terrifying and horrible and I wanted that game so bad. So we really don't know much more about it except that it seems to be a, a much more action-y type game which is very interesting to see. Um, and I really want to hear anything about it. It's been on the back of my like mind for months and months and months. So please tell us more about this game. <laughs> love it. I love that some of our picks are like, this game's a mystery, but I just want to know yeah. more. <laughs> That's cool. 
speaking of mystery, let's talk about your next game. Jacob. Very good, Luke. Uh, Sorry, that was the worst. <laughs> is this, this is a mystery game? Absolute fantastic. Segway. Speaking of legacy. It would have been really great if it yeah. was um, Golden Idol and then and I digress. Uh, speaking of, of uh, studios or folks with legacies, um, my next game is Penny's Big Breakaway. Uh, this one comes from a new studio, Evening Star. However, uh, it is a studio that comes from the former team that made Sonic Mania, uh, including Christian Whitehead. So if you're as much of a fan of Sonic Mania as I am, uh, you are just excited for whatever this team makes. You know, they came from the Sonic modding scene. And now instead of making a 2D platformer that's really based in like, you know, either modding Sonic or making Sonic for Sega, uh, it is a 3D platformer very much in the style of like, it, it actually reminded me of Super Lucky's Tale a little bit, uh, just in, in the vibes. Uh, but you play a character, uh, it's an original character, where I believe your character's big thing is they have a yo-yo. And so a lot of their like platforming is based on this yo-yo that you not only use, but also like traverse with almost like jumping on it so you can roll around in it. Um, it looks dope. It looks like, you know, the best version of, you know, 3D platforms, 3D platformers that we're used to. Uh, and this one's coming, I believe it's coming in the next couple of months. So um, excited for more on Penny's Big Breakaway. Does it worry anyone that we are getting, or maybe maybe it's just me, but like getting to an age where nostalgia is directed at you, like yeah. that you're old enough for that to be a thing. I'm like, Ugh. I love yeah. it. But at the same time, like I shouldn't be old enough to to be marketed the nostalgia thing, you know? Yeah. When this comes out, I will have just turned 35 and uh, knowing that they're marketing nostalgia directly to me makes me hurt inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way when they announce like remasters or remakes of games that like I remember very well playing, you know, in my mind, not that long ago, but I guess it's been long enough to remaster yeah. like 25 in, years. In some cases, something. not really. But then you got Last of Us Part 2 and it's like that was four years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was about to say so Last of Us Part 2. Like, what a retro game. <laughs> but like the Last of Us Part 2 came out during the pandemic. So like. It's been 500 years since then. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Good point. And maybe someday this I'll play Luke's favorite of... game of all time. What's Luke's favorite game of all time? Maybe. Maybe. It's Last of Us Part 2. I don't know what there. you're referencing to be Part 2 is up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe not your favorite oh, wait, you of all time. But oh, I forgot you haven't played it. Didn't we talk about this last episode it. too? Yeah, we did. We did. Oh, I mean, that's my sad. gosh. It is still it, currently so. my number one because I recently, for work, had to make a list of my top 10 games Ooh. of all time. And it was very interesting to whittle that down. I think it could change on the day, but it was a, a fun mental exercise for the moment. Look at this But I was going to give a quick anecdotal story here about the feeling old thing. I never talk about when I was a teacher, but I was a public school oh, yeah, teacher at one point. <laughs> and my students were obsessed with the movie Shrek. And so I programmed the song All Star by Smash Mouth for us to play at their eighth grade graduation. It was a big hit. But... They weren't even alive when Shrek came out. <laughs> they were born hey like five years after Rockstar? Shrek came out. And that was the first time in my professional career that I felt old. Yeah. So anyway, I, moving on. I had on. a similar thing. I used to uh, work in museums and part of that was like teaching a class. Um, and I was trying to get kids to understand the like relative newness of technology. So I think I was like 20, not even, maybe not even 20 at this point. Um, and like, 
telling them like even when I was a kid computers weren't really in the house and the, and I had a kid look at me like he'd seen a ghost eyes this big like how old are you <laughs> I was like that wasn't the Amazing. point you were supposed to get from that but thanks so I'm glad we got off topic Love on that it. one thanks Luke you, you gotta get off topic sometimes getting us back on topic Joseph you're number three Yes. Uh, so my number three on this episode of the, of the old people conversations podcast, let's talk uh, about shared memories. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we will right talk now, about shared know? memories. Uh, we will talk about a shared memory, specifically the studio shared memory, making the game animal. Well, uh, now at the top of the show, I said, I like weird games. I like weird things. Uh, I like silent protagonists. Uh, what better game in 2024 to satisfy all those conditions than Animal Well? Uh, I played Animal Well uh, at PAX East last year, and it was hitting all the right checkboxes. I was wandering around. I didn't know what I was doing, but there were random items that were scaring away ghosts, like little firecrackers. I was platforming, trying to find little secret routes and whatnot. And I can tell that when I have this game in my hands and I can actually like explore and discover things, I feel like it's going to be one of those good time games where like the more you play, the more you put time into it, you're going to be uh, discording people, DMing people being like, Hey, you got to check this out because I just saw something wild or funny or whatever. So uh, I've been tracking this game a long time. Shout out to video game donkey and big mode games for putting this on my radar like years ago. Um, and this is definitely one that I've actually got to play that I'm probably most hyped for, uh, outside of the other two, which aren't supposed to be ranked, but I guess they're kind of ranked. We'll get to those later. Does that one have a release date or when it was 2023 originally, I believe. And then it got pushed to 2024. Okay. So I hope that means it'll come out eventually this year. Um, and I, I honestly would probably put money on it coming out this year, like five dollars maybe. Ooh, five dollars. Yeah. I'll come over to collect if it's <laughs> fair, fair enough. I'll, I'll have it Get right it here the on the fantasy table. critic, and I'll counterpick you. Oh, does nobody have it yet? No, sounds like you have to. Wait, okay. It's one of those okay. for, foreshadowing to another one of your picks, Joseph, that we'll talk about later. That like, w when will it come out? It's like this ominous, like, I feel like I've heard about it. I've seen it. I've played it for for quite a while. Not anything against the game. It's just one of those, like, looming in the distance. Like, it doesn't feel imminent. I think this is the but year. Excited to play it when it does. For all those okay. games where you're I like, like I, I heard about them. I played it a year ago. Where is it? I think 2024 is their year, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Half-Life 3. Big yes, <laughs> it's coming out this year. It's coming out this year. Awesome. All right. Next up, my number three is one that I played at PAX West earlier this year that I absolutely adore. It's Beastie Ball from Wishes Unlimited, the team behind um, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, one of my favorite games of recent memory. Um, I adore this game. The quick elevator pitch. It's going to sound pretty wild if you know absolutely nothing about the game. Monster collecting and then turn-based volleyball. Sold is is the game so you're saying um, Luke, it, it's, it's wild uh, pokemon with volleyball yeah <laughs> more or less more or less meets like kind of cool um 
the the thing that sticks out with me with this game is i think um chicory also did this for me but greg the the main developer on the project interweaves mental health into his games in really unique and cool and authentic and genuine ways and i think bc ball represents that really well where instead of having like elemental fire grass water type creatures um you have based around um I'm totally blanking on the word. Is it um, totally emotions? Can you or, act it out? The... Can we all just guess? Like, do a little I know what you're... It's like, emotions isn't the right term. I know what term. you're talking it's like about. It's like more broad, con... Mental states. broad concept. Mental states. Something Let along those lines where it's like, it. yeah, I feel bad. I, I had it ready to go and then I'm totally blanking. But anyway, it's like, it explores broad themes within this cute, aesthetic, really fun game. And on top of that, the volleyball combat is really, really fun. And it was a big point for the team to not have combat where you hurt your your animal friends, but they get to play a nice competitive game of volleyball together. And I played, I would say like 30 minutes and I was really enjoying the gameplay loop and I just wanted to keep playing. So I think there's enough there that will continue to evolve throughout the game and keep the depth and complexity that it'll be an engaging experience throughout. But yeah, this is another one that like based off their previous project with Chicory already sold, but then you take this unique concept of melding different genres together in a unique way. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think uh, along the lines of what you were talking about of not making the collectible creatures fight each other. You also don't, like capture them or hurt them in order to capture them you have to gain their respect and sort of have them consent and agree to come be part of your team which is another really interesting it's just so nice anti-pal world (laughs) (laughs) uh luke the reason you couldn't find a word to describe like their their the element counterpart is because there's not really a word is body spirit and mind I don't. Okay. I don't know what words you would use yep. to encapsulate all three of those. I was trying to think of at least like one of those, but it's just like, yeah, it's like a state of being, yeah. and like emotion rather than. Th- thank you for looking it up, but yeah, it, it's a very cool game. Um, I don't know if this one has an XFest demo, but it might. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, I don't have any insider information, but if it doesn't, very very fun. Go play all the rest of the games again. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's the that's what you got to do. Play there are again. so many. Love it. <laughs> so many. Speaking of Jill's number three, I think I'm on two. Number f- number two. My bad. Number two. two. Blum, blum, blum. Imagine graphics. Yeah, thank you, Jacob. Exactly what I wanted. There can be <laughs> graphics, yeah. Um, coming out in 2024, I am excited for Haunty. Uh, this is from Moonloop Games. And this is one of those games, uh, again, where I stumbled across it rather than like knowing anything about it. or, or It's sort of the opposite of our legacy games. Um, Haunty is, uh, first of all, just absolutely gorgeous. It's kind of monochromatic. It's got uh, almost like a a wood carved ink print sort of look to it with like the major hue of green in one area or blue. And it's, it, it is so personality laden. That's not what I was expecting when I sat down and I played it, I think, at Summer Game Fest. Um, 
it is a game where you have died. <laughs> um, so you're not really expecting a lot of humor. But you sort of wander around in the afterlife and like you run into some hills who start giving you like some advice and start singing and stuff and like signs that are like, what do you expect me to do? I'm a sign, you know, like that sort of very hilarious, very silly sort of things. And you gain powers and you're trying to figure out what happened to you when you died. And there are clever ways to like, there are um, like straight up, you can just fight people. You've got like a little shooter ray thing but you can take possession of different things and the first combat i came across of course i didn't even think about it and the dev is you know behind you during these kinds of events like watching to see what you're gonna do um so i just shot this bad spirit to death and he was like you know what you could have done was to uh take over the tree and then fall over on him mm. <laughs> i was like i that's cool. man i should have thought of that that like was probably <laughs> broadcasted and I just totally missed it. Um, so yeah, I, I stumbled across this game on Twitter originally. And I was like, I reached out to the devs just in DMs. Like I would really like a chance to play your game if you get a chance. And that was my first opportunity. So it was really, really cool. And I cannot wait to hear or see more of it. That's awesome. Yeah, it looks really cool. We really haven't had like a spiritual a spiritual successor to Ghost Trick ever. So like that's mm. what I want from this. Is that a fair <laughs> comparison, Jill? Um I don't know. I don't know if okay. you're going to get that. Okay. But I hope that you enjoy this. Okay. <laughs> they do have a cute little tail, like a little a soul. little head tail. <laughs> All right. Next up, Jacob, your number two. Yeah. Celebrating the, is it the national sport of your home Ooh, country? That's a great uh, trivia question. Uh, so I'm Canadian. Hello. Uh, not actually the uh, national sport of Canada. You'd think it what? is, but it's actually lacrosse. What? No. What? Lacrosse. I've been lied to my whole life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or as they that say kind of in, in French for hockey. As they say, but uh, today it's uh, tape to tape. Uh, this one's from Excellent Rectangle. If you like old school NHL 96 style um, sort of hockey games, it's this, but it's also a roguelite. So that is truly all that you have to know. So at some points, uh, you know, you will play teams uh, who have the referee uh, help you know, cheat and essentially occasionally will like kick a goal in or like not call a goal. You'll have uh, some teams that are like bigger or faster. And then you'll, you know, through different runs, upgrade your team as you go. It's in early access now. Uh, it entered early access in May of last year. I, I think um, it might've been around at, at PAX West, you know, folks are playing it, but it's, it's in early access. You can play it now. Um, looks dope. And I'm super excited as a big fan of, you know, those alternative hockey games. I feel like there's a ton of them. Um, you know, uh, super blood hockey was one of my favorites from a couple of years ago. Like, just give me more like old school hockey games and a roguelite. Okay. Oh, it's good. Y'all yeah? you need you to play it? this if you haven't, it is, I have a preview up on the indianformer.com. Um, and it's so it's it's also very very humorous like it is not uh for people who are are not really given to sports games i i'm not usually this is really not that it is so funny like your teammates start out and it's just like this person has 
asthma and can't breathe and is going to die. Like, like really unhelpful people that you help to like level up the the armor that you would get in sort of a an, another roguelike traditional roguelike is like a uh, goalie with like he's hammering sticks together the hockey sticks together it's so funny i love it got a beautiful hand-drawn art style as well and very very smooth with the i was gonna say combat combat is not correct the the <laughs> gameplay of actually playing hockey um yeah i i play this game at steam next fest so hopefully the steam next fest you know play this game and if it's not there you know what you need to do uh but similar to what jill said um i really miss those games or those sports games that kind of just play very arcadey and let you have fun with it and don't require you to be super tactical about what you're doing tape to tape was that where you're like oh if i'm good at this i feel like i'm really good and when you start losing you're like oh that was funny so it doesn't really feel that bad um they perfectly nailed that feeling so i'm very very excited for the full release almost we're getting a lot of hockey games this year between uh, Goons, Legends of Mayhem, which I played uh, at, at a PAX. There's also ODR Hockey Heroes, which is more just focused on like good arcade hockey. Uh, there's no you know, drought in hockey games this year. Yeah, Maybe you can uh, talk your nice. country into some sense into making it the national sport. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'll call JT up and tell him, hey, hockey. JT, okay. that's JT. crazy. <laughs> has there been a lacrosse game there probably has at some I would point, imagine there had to have probably. like it's, it's popular enough of a sport that i could imagine there's a ps2 yeah. lacrosse game hmm. research well while we ponder that let's talk about joseph's number two yeah my number two is thank goodness you're here uh i'll just say this i have a very interesting brand of humor like i love to laugh but only kind of like weird dumb stuff makes me laugh and i'm happy to report when i played this at pax west last year i was cracking up like this game was fantastic um you're basically this little man child i say man child because he like has the visual uh representation of a man but he's small like a child i don't know but he's just going around slapping things and like it's it's very loose gameplay it's like a walking simulator but the stuff that you walk to the stuff that you see is incredible and i will just highlight the moment where you walk into like a, a grocery store or something like that this guy's having a mental breakdown and you get a flashback of like all through his life, people have ridiculed him and struggled with the fact that he has a extremely large head uh, and particularly forehead, I think. Um, and it's just so funny. Like I was watching this flashback legit dying. Um, so I can't wait to see what the whole game is like, because these people, these people over in the UK, they know how to write a good joke. I'll tell you that. All right. That's Isn't it. Cole Supper's first game like... filthy. Like their first game is filthy, right? That's what you told me. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's pretty bad. It's pretty like yeah. adulterated, apparently, uh -huh. which I have not Let's played. Look so. <laughs> this one is not that, but um, I think this one is like Cartoon Network vibes. It I feel is, like, but here's the thing: like that typically is not my brand of uh, humor, but I love this game because there is a certain sort of earnestness to this game a real authenticity like 
the it is so funny when you're hearing them speak i forget exactly what the dialect is but that accent is so distinct and i'm like listening to it, i'm like oh this is really cool and then i talked to the developer right after finishing the game same exact accent yeah. i'm like they're making a game about where they come from and that really shines through of like they are looking at the things they were involved in in as youth and growing up and and their society and what things they're poking fun at and the they're taking things from reality and saying like isn't this ridiculous and and notching that up to 11 but like it is so so good i love it yeah same can't wait um next up i believe is my number two um as a cat dad i'm very passionate about this one um little kitty big city developed by double double dagger studio i got a chance to preview this one over the summer um for the wholesome games direct and just what a what a delightful game you play as a cat and you're exploring a city and it has elements of untitled goose game and that you're you're solving puzzles to progress and explore new areas you have a, a checklist of different objectives that you can cross off as you explore but the game just has so much heart and character you i remember i met this like weird pigeon character who was sending me on quests and you're you're finding collectibles and you're doing cool platforming challenges all while being a cute kitten that you can customize with with fun hats and different things and it's just adorable it's a very cute game but i felt like the gameplay and the exploration and the platforming like backed up the cuteness so it wasn't just like a surface level cute game it was like there's it it has the sauce i would say did you meet the tanuki yes yeah so I was sort of with you. I was like, oh, this is cute. Like, I'm knocking people's paint over and, like, ruining their days yeah, and it's whatever. Fun. Yeah. Hunting pigeons, which don't die. They were very clear about the pigeons do not get hurt <laughs> in the process. Um, and then we ran into this Tanuki character who is, like, the master of space and time. And things suddenly changed in, like, a tonal way of, like, oh, this is going to be just sort of wacky as well as, like, fun and cute. So I love, I love it. Again, pop agenda. They don't miss. They don't miss. Another banger. All right. Closing things out with our number one picks. Jill, what's your last, last game? Um, I'm going to go with Dungeons of Hinterberg by Microbird Games. Ooh. This is such a fun bizarre combination of things it is beautiful it's got a sort of pop art comic book style to it it's got bright flashes of color i i don't even really know how to explain the look of it and it seeing it played in real life is really really cool and i actually got to play it and it feels really nice but um the concept is something has happened to the world and this place called Hinterberg suddenly has had appear, I believe 25 different dungeons, which of course has become a tourist attraction. (laughs) So people come on vacation to Hinterberg to stop at the cafes and have a strudel 
and then pop into a dungeon and kill some, you know, <laughs> goblins or whatever. And then you go back and you like, so you're popping back and forth between uh, like dungeon delving and straight up action game. It's got really cool different powers depending on what location you're in. You could have like a big tornado that you suddenly turn into. Or if you go to another place, you've got like rock powers or something and they change depending on what level you're at and they're they help you both uh fight but also solve environmental puzzles and then you know in the rest of your day you stop off and decide who you're going to uh build a relationship with so maybe you're stopping off at like the bar and talking with travis even though he's a jerk and no one likes him um and if you do then maybe you'll get a secret information from him to help your technique grow so that you can go into the dungeon and be more powerful or maybe you get some more back knowledge or lore from the professor who's come here to check out the strange goings-ons and it's so funny to just have like yeah i'm just gonna pop into the dungeon and then you know have my best i'm, I'm living my best vacation life and like going out on the lake you know uh, so great concept love the artwork I loved what I played of it I am so excited to get my hands on this game yeah I love the contrast between like the the combat dungeons and then the the like chill lighthearted vibes it, it looks really cool alright um, Jacob you're number one play this one at PAX West Got me very excited, so much so uh, that I went back to play Tetris Attack on the Super Nintendo all the way through. Uh, this is Spirit Swap Lo-Fi Beats to Match 3-2 from Soft Not Weak. Um, the core of it is sort of what you're used to. Think of a uh, you know tile-based match 3 where you're swapping tiles horizontally, very much like Tetris Attack, or I believe Pokemon Puzzle League is also like this on the Nintendo 64, um, but it's incredibly queer and then also surrounded by like a, a full-on adventure where you're making pals uh, and uh, you know with a bunch of witchy demons. So uh, look, just put all those words together spells queer witch demons tetris attack and like it's a cauldron of a game that i need to play now yeah um i played it at when i played it at pax there was a competition happening they were in the area the um the the pax rising area at the last pax and like they always had a crowd and typically there was one player who just walked up and they were like a big fan of Tetris Attack and just like took on the devs and crushed them just to show like how pick up and play this game is. There's power ups, there's, you know, thick characters. I'm just excited for it. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Oh, you're not kidding it's about really thick, thick characters, characters and thick blocks. They are hot. <laughs> they are hot characters. Uh huh. Yup. Realistic looking characters too. Yeah, the narrative portion kind of reminds me of Boyfriend Dungeon, yeah. but then add that that match three element to it, it's really really dope. Mm -hmm. And shout out to friend of the show Jenny Wyndham, who's working on that one. So Fellow Jenny does all the, the jobs. Yeah, she's also Fellow on member the, indie of council. the indie council. I don't know when she's everywhere. I don't know when she has the time to do anything? Does she sleep? I'm not convinced. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Joseph, you're number one. The mis mystery. 
needs to be revealed. Yeah. So, guys, there's this phenomenon, the psychological Go phenomenon, that you'll often see at theme parks and conventions where sometimes people will stand in a long line just because it's long. They don't know what's at the front, but they're like, it must be good because this line is so long. And this is the perfect analogy to describe a little game called Silk Song. All right. <laughs> this game has reached like mythologic proportions in terms of the hype. Uh, this game has been delayed quite a few times. The release date has been withheld for us from us quite a few times, including now. Uh, and it's just created a fervor, um, which is kind of odd because I, I know Hollow Knight is a loved game. I know people love Hollow Knight, including myself, but I feel like not that many have people have played Hollow Knight for the, the rabbit, like, like love people have for the idea of Silk Song. Come, oh, I just got paged, but <laughs> don't worry about that, guys. I'll finish my pitch. Like, so at this point, the hype is meteoric high levels. Me personally, I think they're going to hit it. All right. I am very excited for Silk Song. Everything that they did in Hollow Knight and the different layers that they put on top of that game for just a small little indie game, which they had no idea what the success would be like originally, is super incredible. And now that they know what their fan base is capable of, I don't know if that's a, a good way to phrase it or a bad way to phrase it because their fan base is, they're, uh, they're extreme people. But <laughs> now they know kind of what fan base and audience they have. I can't imagine what this world from Silk Song is going to look like. So, uh, needless to say, I think this is probably the number one indie game anybody has ever been talking about over the last year or two. Um, and this kind of even breaks the spirit of this whole conversation because this is almost beyond indie at that point. But they're still a small team. It's still a, a completely independent uh creatively funded project and I'm, I'm very excited to see if they live up to the hype quick poll here so, who has played hollow knight all the way through i've played silk song oh, all the way through no oh uh not yeah. all the way through wait wait, like... wait 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 that wasn't that wasn't a misspeak right no i have played hollow knight silk song I played the first level and I played the first boss. I played this back at E3 in like 2018, like 2018. What? That's incredible. It was the last game I played at that uh, E3 and it was amazing. And I can't believe that it is still because it was literally playable. That was six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's incredible, and that segues really well into my poll that I was going to ask the go group. I feel like this game is ready to go. Will it be a shadow drop situation at a, a Nintendo, at an Xbox event? It's too big. Are, are we going to get a lead up to this, you think? You, you got to give people time to take the day off. You got to give people the time to buy, pre-order five different copies on every platform it releases on. Like it, it's, it's like the Elden Ring of indie games at this point. You got to give people a little bit of time. Uh, but I could be proven wrong. It could shadow drop because Team One Cherry month. just does what Team Cherry does. I feel like they might do the Metroid Prime remastered thing where they're like, digital's out now. We got cool special edition stuff and things happening in two weeks or something. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. 
I, I do agree that I do think it's coming out this year. I, I but I, I've, you know, that I'm the person that says Metroid Prime Four is coming out this year. So who, what credibility do I have these days? <laughs> That's not a game. <laughs> oh, stop! Speaking of a game, let's talk about my number one pick. Um, the Plucky Squire yes. is one that's been on my radar for a very long time. It looks awesome. Um, it's from All Possible Futures is the name of the studio working on it. Um, but for folks not familiar, it is this awesome action platformer, very reminiscent of... It immediately made me think of Tinykin, but it jumps between 2D and 3D in a really unique way where you're literally jumping onto a storybook page and then running around in a hand-drawn art style and then popping out into a more 3D environment and it's playing with perspective in really interesting ways, but it just looks whimsical and awesome and the gameplay looks incredibly tight and to the point about pop agenda games this is a devolver game which i feel like they also have an incredible track record especially in recent years of just this game looks so polished and i just i really want to get my hands on it and just see how it feels because it looks absolutely stunning yeah 100 if anyone has an anticipated list for this year and and doesn't have the plucky squire on it they're missing out what, do, what yeah. are you doing? What are you yeah, doing? you're lying to yourself. I also <laughs> really love Devolver's sense of humor for a lot of things. And one yeah. of the things from last year being the, like, showcase of delayed games, which, unfortunately, the Plucky Squire did end up on. But what a fantastic idea instead of having this, like, we're so sorry, everything has to get pushed back. And, we, you know, blah, instead of, like, just sort of celebrating that fact. And uh, it was good. It was good perfect awesome well i think that brings us to a close everybody um jill thank you so much for joining us this was Thanks awesome for having me one more time where can listeners find you and all of your awesome work oh, uh if you want to check out some of the previews that i mentioned you can check out the indianformer.com uh, if you want to follow me on social medias, you can check me out, uh, me personally at Finrune, F-I-N-R-U-I-N on whatever platform you prefer. Uh, the Indian former is either the Indian former or Indie underscore informer because some people have already taken that name and of course they have. Um, and then you can check out the podcast on YouTube, also at the Indianformer.com, YouTube slash the Indian former, probably, uh, and hear more about uh, things that may be going on. I think our most recent episode was Controversies. So check that out. And look, if you want I to do. support the Indian Former, oh, you can do it at patreon.com slash the Indian Former. That's correct. I love how everybody on this podcast is better at like hyping my material than <laughs> I am. <laughs> We're legitimately fans, and we really love the work that you do. So, you so it's awesome to see, and we were super stoked to chat with you tonight. It was awesome. And if you follow right. me on, or if you support the channel on the Patreon, a lot of that money goes towards uh, having other people come onto the website and be able to write, like one John Carson. So Amazing. Love that. Jacob, Joseph, anything to plug for the good of the order? No. Nothing to plug at the moment. No. PAX East is coming soon, and we're getting hyped. PAX East is coming. We will be doing things there. <laughs> Content will be come had. from that event. <laughs> Fun will be had. Steam Next Fest. Yeah, I think that's everything for tonight. So let's 
we'll set our statuses to away until next time. But before then, I'm going to ask you listeners to do three things for us. If you can follow us on Twitter at Crossplay Convos, go ahead and send this podcast to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts. And you can give us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. It really, really does help. And with that, go play some indies. Have a good night, y'all.